What's up, guys? It's Matt. On this week's edition of the TKW Podcast, Kyle Maggio and I go live during the NBA Draft Lottery. So we took you through the experience, kind of just talked about what we think about the roster, talked about some potential draft prospects that are going to come up, and it was all live. So you'll get our authentic reactions. I know it wasn't the most exciting result with the Knicks staying at ninth, but at least they didn't move down. So that's a positive. So without further ado, let's go. What's up, guys? We're here live for the draft lottery. Really exciting stuff. Been waiting for this day. How are we feeling? Uh, I think my dog uh, surmises that perfectly. Right on cue. They always do it right to begin the show. But uh, um, the odds are stacked here, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I think I we all like, are. <laughs> well, I feel like we're either we're getting top three or we're moving backwards. I, I feel like that's – because I feel like we went through this a little bit last year. Where it's like, all right, maybe they're gonna move up this year. <laughs> Last year they dropped, they dropped back a spot. So yeah, exactly. I don't know how you feeling. How you holding up? It's a long day today. It's it's one of those days where it it goes by so slowly, and the anticipation just kills you all day. I didn't know what to do with myself for like you know the afternoon. It was just like it's overwhelming, and the the sense of dread. And like you mentioned, it feels like they're going to move down because, I mean, that's what they did last year, right? They moved down a spot. Your dog sounds aren't making me optimistic. No, I think he knows something that we don't know. Oh, God. So there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion about the Knicks and the Patrick Ewing thing and having – been 33 years since they won that lottery. Do you believe in that stuff at all? I'm trying to talk myself into believing it. I mean, ever since, um, you know, Nick's film school, our own JB started trying to do this thing with the number 33, everybody has to wear it today. Uh, I've been trying to talk myself into it. And it's not just about winning the lotto. It's, it's more so for me, just moving into the top three would be considered us um, winning. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I fully believe it. I think 10% of me just wants to believe it and the rest of me knows what's going to happen. But it's just, it's such a weird event because you sit there and you wait and it's like you're looking at it with one eye and then it's all of a sudden over so quickly. So we have this whole, basically what you do is when it starts and the Knicks are fighting for this type of position, we wait for this moment and it could just be over so quickly. It's like, okay, they have this chance. And all of a sudden, uh, it's they're they're picking ninth, and they have no chance to do anything now. It, yeah, it can go badly so quickly, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, it's not the end of the world if they stay ninth. I, I think when we sort of accepted that as our fate, you know, a little over a month or two ago, about a month and a half ago, we kind of realized we, we'd be stuck where we would be, and. You know, a lot of stuff that you ended up doing um, for the site for, you know, the Knicks wall with TKWU actually gave us a lot of good prospect breakdowns for who to expect kind of later in the lotto there. So after seeing, you know, kind of what's available, seeing what we'd really be having to choose from, I'm not really like crushed only because, you know, I, I see the sort of winning prospects that potentially might be there for us. So I'm feeling okay about it, mm-hmm. but I guess my question to you is here before, you know, things really get rolling is, so let's say, let's say they stay, you know, nine, you know, um, at that point for you, do you, do you want to see best player available? Do you want to see them solely hit on a wing? Um, what's that looking like for you? I think I- I've said before, it feels like you're going to get two to four. There's going to be four guys, I think, that are 
be there for the Knicks. And there's going to be some combination of them. And it's Sexton, it's Young, and it's both Bridges. So you're getting, I think, at least two of those guys will be there, if not three. And all four could be there. Certainly. So the question is, as you asked, is it a best player available or is it a wing? I tend to, I've been a pretty loud proponent of Mikael Bridges throughout the whole time. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. So I also think he happens to be the best player. So when it comes down to it, I'm also, I'm almost addressing both questions because I'm not a big Sexton guy. I find myself uh, talking myself into Trey Young more, but I'm certainly not incredibly excited about it. Uh, we're getting comments here about how Kyle's dogs are crying like and because they're Knicks fans, so shouts to them. They are named after Knicks greats. Yeah, these uh, the big guy is Mellow, the little guy is Mason. Mason, I've uh, hidden away downstairs. This is far more yappy, but but alas, so the tears. <laughs> it's a matter of time. <laughs> but uh, I think that to get back to your question, I really like both bridges, and I think that they're the type of guys the Knicks should target. Their potential gets me excited. Young, I think that we're diminishing him a little too much. And I think that we find ourselves picking at his worst spots rather than thinking about how exciting he could be and his shooting and everything that could happen. Because he's going to struggle defensively. Like, that's that's just a fact. So he makes me nervous. But... Is his shooting, which it's going to translate so well. There's, there's just no question. What about you? How are you feeling? I don't know. I mean, with the Trey Young thing, I'm kind of torn because it's like you can assess his game and kind of see the very obvious flaws he's going to have sort of translating uh, over to the NBA. And, um, you know, I don't think he's overly athletic enough to really be able to separate himself at this level, but that was sort of my biggest concern. But, um, From like a uh, talent acquisition perspective, I really wouldn't mind. And I said this earlier today, today, I think we were just talking amongst ourselves, but I really wouldn't mind just keep acquiring guard talent either. It's a guards league right now. You already have your big man piece in KP. Maybe the route is to just keep acquiring these guards and see what sticks. Maybe it's Frankie who, you know, rises to the top here. Um, Maybe it's Trey Young if they were to pick him up. You know, maybe, you know, Fisdale somehow miraculously fixes Emmanuel Moutier. You know what I mean? But, like, just keep acquiring these young guards and just trying to see, you know, what sticks. I don't know if that's a bad route either. You know, but as we've also talked about at length, I I do kind of feel like um, maybe getting that wing spot filled in would probably be a a good idea. But um, a couple of questions we got here, uh, one of them from Anthony Quince. He said, how would you feel about a front court of Bamba and KP? Would it work out or not? What are your thoughts there? It would work out, and it would be a menace defensively. Bamba's concern for me, it, it comes from Dennis, just like no touch around the rim. And he, he doesn't have much of a post game yet. He, he tried to do it in college sometimes. We'd see it. He'd splash. You know, little moments where you'd be like, wow, that guy could never get a post game. You know, he's like Rudy Gobert, three-point shooter. That's that's kind of what it came down to for some people. And at the end of the day, it would be exciting. There's no doubt about it. It's unlikely to happen because I think Bob is going to end up going a little higher than people think. I could think he could go as high as three, depending on what how this all shakes out. So we, we'll see. It's exciting to think about. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Um, our own Bailey just popped in and said, which bridges do you like better? Well, I know which bridges I like better. It's Mikhail. How about you? Uh, you sold me on Mikhail, so that's where I'm going <laughs> to that's, that's sit, Pat. That's all it took. Yeah, I mean... Better. What about it? I don't know. I, I mean, just watching the, um, the run with Villanova, I, I don't know... I don't know overly what it is, but I just like what I saw, I guess, in terms of uh, his physical skill set translating to the NBA. Um, that's something that I always look at. Like one of my big concerns with even um, Luca from um, overseas was 
as good as a, a talented as I think he is and as skilled as I think he is, is he going to be athletic enough to showcase that? Right. And I think sometimes just having that gives you a safe floor to succeed at this level. Yeah. And sometimes guys reach on, you know, the skill guys a little bit too hard. And those are the guys that end up kind of bombing out. And um, sometimes you just need a safe pick. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like bridges would be that. Yeah. He's no doubt the safe pick. The question that gets brought up a lot is his ceiling. So is he going to be able to achieve the heights that, some of these other guys might like there's a chance where Colin Sexton's the best player in this draft. A lot of people think that there's not a chance that Mikhail Bridges is ever the best player in this draft. And I get that. I totally do because you see a lot of the things he does in college was basically him spotting up shooting. He wasn't really much of a dribbler. Like he didn't really attack much off the rim or I'm like attacking the rim, I should say. So that's a concern. But at the same time, I like a lot of the things that he does. And I think that he could push beyond those and still be a really good option to have on the wing. So it's exciting to think about. It. And I think the Knicks just need some sort of stability in that area because they, they just don't have it. Okay. Now, in the doomsday scenario where we somehow fall to 11 or in that, I think it's like one or two instances that we can somehow fall to 12. Do you see the uh, game plan changing all that much and for the Knicks in terms of who they want to draft or it. So with this draft, I don't really think I care much if they fall. I don't, I don't think I do. Cause we're working in the same talent pool at that point. Essentially. Yeah. It, it, it feels like it's just going to be the same type of players. So, Hey, I got my camera working. What's up guys. Oh, would you look, hey, at, look at this? Look at me. Look would at you me. look at this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Technology, I usually feel like I can conquer it tonight. I think it conquered me a little bit, but that's why we uh, that's why we go live. So if they're at nine, like I said, those four guys, if they fall to 10, I think that those guys are probably still going to be there. And as much as I like Mikhail Bridges, I, I'll i be upset if they don't get him. It's not like I'm going to be crushed because I think that there are other good options. So I won't be especially bothered if they end up in a different spot than they are right now. If they move down to 10, it would kind of suck, but it certainly wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Okay. So that's something to hang your hats on a little bit, guys. If you're worried about the Knicks falling down, oh my God, they fell down one spot. I I wouldn't sweat too, too much about it. That's that's what I would say. So we're, we're just, if you guys are on, uh, Kyle, are you watching this live? Yeah, you I got to okay. pull up on my phone. Okay, great. So... They're just having some intro, showing some video of DeAndre Ayton right now, who's going to be one of the top two picks in the draft. Um, have you watched any of him this year? Yeah, he. I don't. Dude, he's a mess. I don't know that he. Yeah, I don't know that he does many things poorly. Like I, I, I don't know. He, he is playing good. He, oh, you know what I want to ask you about while we're on the show is. Um, Go for it. Is it I'm, and I do this thing where I always butcher the names because I read them differently. Would I say them? Is it is it Bagley or Bagley? Bagley, Marvin okay. Bagley, yeah, Marvin Bagley. Um, what do you see about him? Because I remember for like the first half of the season, it felt like he was a surefire top three guy, and I feel like the latter half of the NCAA season, I felt like people were really extraordinarily low on him. He. I heard a comparison that called him like the next Michael Beasley, which people would think is not that flattering, but at the same time, like I guess it is in some certain way. I don't know. I worry about him because he relies so much on on his athleticism. I think his ceiling, if he's as good as he can be, I'll tell you who he is. He's Amari 2.0. That's who he is with maybe even a little bit better defense because he has his rim running is incredible. He has a bit of a range. He started to shoot more threes at the end of the year. He started to – he had a bit of an injury issue in the middle of the year, and he missed a few games, but he came back and was just an absolute menace. This is an ACC player of the year as a rookie that we're talking about. I think it would be hard to pass him up. If someone passed on him at three, I think it would be really hard to pass on him at four. I think it would be hard. And I, I don't know about his potential. He makes me a little wary, but at the same time, like, I mean, when you have a guy that averaged 22 and 11 – 
for Duke in the ACC and made a huge run in the tournament. Like, I mean, you got to stop drawing. You got to draw the line somewhere, you know? Right. So, I don't know. Why are people talking about the Suns in here? We got one guy said, do you think the Suns will be a super team if they get a one to three pick? I guess it's possible. <laughs> I mean, Doncic would have to be amazing. I think I've been wondering too, what team, if they get the first pick, I think the Grizzlies will hundred percent take Doncic if they get the first pick. I don't know what the Suns would do. I think the Suns might take Aiton, but that's just my gut. You don't believe in a uh, dragon bender? Oh no. I actually am a big dragon bender fan. Let's get one thing straight here. I'm a big dragon bender guy. I think he has a lot of potential, but uh, I don't know. Like, they don't. They just don't have much else. I'm not a. I think Booker's a bit overrated. Oh, you're one of them, to huh? The no, let's let's get let's get one thing straight here. I think he's great, <laughs> but I I think you forgot the TM too. Actually, you need the hey, TM at the end. <laughs> but we'll see. Let's get back to the Knicks. So, Lottery's going live on ESPN. They got Wojan right now talking about whatever. I have it on mute, so I don't know what he's talking about. Woj always kills me on TV because he's so awkward. Like. <laughs> He's just not – he's not meant for TV, man. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us that are extremely online. I think we can um, sort of empathize with him a little bit. Uh, we're, we're used to just getting our 180 characters off. We're not yeah. really looking to talk to you a whole hell of a lot. But So someone asked, do you think they'll leave Frank at shooting guard long-term or do you think they want to play him at point guard? What are your thoughts on that? Because that's a super divisive topic amongst a lot of Knicks fans and in the, in the media, like in around circles in the NBA. What do you yeah, think? My, my, my favorite thing is if you have a strong stance on either uh, side there, that everybody from the opposing side just thinks you're an incredible moron. And I feel like that's hysterical for something that was pitched late in the year. Like before that, uh, probably the first half or two thirds of the season, he was just getting trotted out there as a, uh, as a point guard. And we're just kind of seeing what he's got. And then they just, you know, they picked up Moody. So they wanted to experiment a little bit, tried him at the two. And then people were sort of sold on him being at the two. Um, I'm not sure even if he's, I guess, the best way to word it is, even if he's uh, built better for the two a bit, that I'd want him there. I'd prefer the things that make good twos good twos is the ability to handle the ball, the ability to play make. And I feel like if you – take him away from trying to do a lot of that stuff at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be bad for his development. Whereas if you let him grow and develop as a point guard, he's still going to be, you know, shooting from deep. He's still going to be getting to the rim. You you let him play make and, and sort of use his length and feast on some mismatches. I think for me, I, I'd rather, you know, take the chance on him just developing a actual point guard. I understand we're a positionless NBA, so that doesn't mean as much anymore, but the lead ball handler, if you will, I'd like to see him do that. It's the best way for him to grow is to learn. And especially this year, we've talked ad nauseum about how it's going to be a rough year for the Knicks, how they're going to struggle without KP. So this is the experiment year. This year, you let him play. You give him every opportunity to succeed and or fail and then go from there because he's the guy. Let's talk for a second. We kind of brought this up before, but I want to talk about the idea of bringing in another guard on this roster. So as currently constituted in going into next year, they're going to have Trey Burke, Emmanuel Moutier and Frank Nielakina, who are three young guys that I think most people like Nielakina and Burke a significant amount more than they do Emmanuel Moutier, which is fine. I think that's the right opinion to have, but they still want to give these young guys a chance to succeed. So they want to give them minutes. If you throw another guy, so let's say they take Sexton. Mm-hmm. You throw another guard into the mix. It's hard. It's going to be hard for Fisdale to really start to parse out those minutes and know what the best option going forward is. At the same time, you know, that's next year. And we know Moody is probably not going to be on the roster. I just worry you can't stunt these guys. It's going to take forever for a guard who's drafted to become good. Anyways, there are, Guys like Donovan Mitchell are one in a million. It just doesn't happen often where they're good automatically. And even him, he has a lot of room to grow, especially in the, the facilitating department. So I think that throwing another guard in there just makes me a little wary. Young is much more different than those guys. So I think that's why I've become more almost attuned to the idea of him than Sexton because Sexton is a lot like Neil Akina and Burke 
and Moutier in that they kind of struggle to shoot a little bit. They really aren't great at facilitating. So they just they remind me too much of each other in a way. Well, that's why I was going to just build up your point and say if they did somehow add another guard, you know, via this draft, I think the only one you could really add would be Trey Young because, you know, basically the issues that we had with Moutier is that he can't actually do anything well. That's a good he's way to not, he's not he's not a he's not a playmaker he's not a good facilitator um, he has an incredible amount of trouble finishing at the rim he also can't shoot so there's really not a lot of reasons for him to be on the floor whereas Burke you know ended up having to go down and hone his skills a little bit um, and then kind of be able to earn his chops once he got back up but the way I look at those two is at this moment in time even if they are somewhat successful they're going to be bench guards for a while like Burke. Mm-hmm isn't going to have a good end of a season for a bad team and then suddenly get the starting gig for the next two or three years with whatever teams he's on. So the way I look at it is those two are going to be sort of guard position guys. And if you were to add a a fourth guard to this team, I think the only way that that could really work um, with Frankie is if it's somebody who complements his skill set, which is defense. So you got to have naturally somebody who could shoot to be able to let Frankie kind of, I don't know, I guess play alongside and let him use his length uh, at the two if you're going to try them out together. I feel like that would actually work as mm-hmm. opposed to what we saw with like Moutier and Frank being out there together, Burke and Frank being out there together. It, it adds the right dynamic to it with getting a guy who can shoot and play make the way that uh, Trey Young can. So that's the only way I'd really be okay with them adding a guard. If it was Sexton, Sexton, it's not even that I hate Sexton as a prospect so much as I hate him for this team. Like, I, I, that would probably be the only guy that I'm actually angry about the next take. But yeah, I, I'm, t- I'm tending to agree with you. I was definitely cooling on him as the year went on. I think he, there's a misconception of that he's a good passer, and it's just not true. He was at, he averaged about three assists at Alabama, and his team was pretty poor, especially in the shooting department. They were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the nation. Um, let's, let's go to the comments for a second here. Someone asked, someone said hi from Sweden, hi from America, hi from France. Okay, this got international. So, do you think Courtney Lee will be on the team next year, or do you think he's going to get moved? I'm just going to stick to saying he's going to be moved because I've been wrong two years in a row where I've been. So just to clarify, do you think he's going to be on the team this year and he'll get dealt during the season? What do you think? I think during the season. Yeah, okay. I I don't know why. I just don't think they're going to move him in in the summer. I don't know. Vets like him don't really get moved before the season starts. Normally you keep them on and then you you wait to see whichever playoff team or contender is looking a little bit desperate and then you try to make a deal at that point. So. I don't know, but I've been wrong two years in a row when I've been arguing with Anthony on the podcast where I thought for sure, you know, each each time, whether it was before the season or midway through the year, that they were going to get moved, um, and then he did not. So, so I'm just going to stick with it and say um, before uh, the trade deadline, he's going to get moved once again. Yeah. What about sure you? Seems likely. I think that he'll probably get moved, but at the same time, I don't think the Knicks just want to give him away. I think they value his veteran presence, and we talked about it on a pod a couple weeks ago, I think, when they're definitely thinking about the year after this coming year, and I think that a guy like Courtney Lee is useful to a team like that, because when you have Porzingis, it's good to have veterans next to him that you can rely on, and that's what he is. So if they got to slog through next year, if it comes around the trade deadline, and they don't have any guys they really like that they're getting offered for Courtney Lee, you know, if they get offered like a, a early second round pick and some salary fill and they don't love that deal. I just think they don't do it. And I think they roll it over. So he'll, he, I put it like 60, 40 that he'll be gone, but I, I I don't think the Knicks will just get rid of him just to do it. Basically. That's they were fair. just showing, they were just showing Darko clips on the show. I by just, the way, I just saw that. that was, <laughs> that was truly something to behold. So are you actually behind me? I'm trying to figure it out. Cause I have Mike Schultz on my TV right now. I had to pull it up on my phone. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just tell you the highlight I saw, and you let me know. I'm on Doc, I'm on uh, Luka Doncic, and he just did a pump fake step through jump shot, and now he hit a three. Okay, you might be a little behind me, so I'll let you announce, so that way I don't spoil anything. 
Does that sound yeah. good? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll try. All right, we'll go we'll All right, let's go back to the comments here. We've got a couple more. Um, let's see. I had one that I saw basically about Frank. What do you think about Frank playing with two other guards and almost playing up a position? So, like, if they run lineups with Burke, let's say they run a Burke even Hardaway. Oh, because Hardaway would normally play the two. What if they ran a Burke, Moutier, Neil Aquino lineup? I don't know if that lineup saw any minutes this year. If they draft a guard and they play a Burke, you know, Sexton, Neil Aquino lineup, how would you feel about that? Uh, oof. Uh, um, I would hate it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my first reaction. Putting it nicely. No, I, I feel like if you have the right guys, it, and then maybe Frankie could play the three, but it, it's hard to imagine him doing that with either Burke or Moutier playing either one of the guard positions on the floor with him at that time. I feel like if you're going to do that, you got to have like two guards who can shoot. And then you put him to the three because you, you have a couple of good uh, defensive guards out there and then he can go a little smaller. But I, I cannot, I, I just do not want to visualize a, like a Moutier Burke. Frankie at the three lineup. That just seems preposterous. They wouldn't guard anyone. Defenses would give them so much space. Like, they would not even respect for a second yes. the shooting out there. Like, it's just... So, Kyle, I, I can't remember if you indicated this before. Um, so, I know you said you prefer McHale. Is it basically his defense that makes him exciting for you? Is there something about Miles that you don't particularly like? What do you think? Miles felt slower to me when I watched him. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of that you see, but like I, I just felt I just felt like he was kind of a I, I don't know what the, the word is. He was just kind of like slogging along. Like it didn't seem like he had he the lost sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't seem like he had the NBA speed and athleticism that you want. Like he seemed like the build was there, but I didn't see some of the reactions, I guess, that I wanted. To see, I, I don't know how to. Whereas with Mikhail, I, I feel like I, I can actually see a lot of what he does at the NBA level. Um, to me, it was like it was like a floor thing, I guess. I, like I said before, Mikhail just has like that safe floor feeling to a pick because I feel like that's what a lot of wings end up being. A lot of wings, you know, you don't try to go for the home run with wings. A lot of times, they kind of just hang around and they're good rotational guys at worst. So. That's kind of what I'm seeing here with it. Yeah. He took more three-point shots, I should say. So he was extending his range a little bit. He found himself in different scenarios. So that that's kind of what happens. You know, someone had a question before about who who they thought the Cavaliers would pick. But I want to go back and check uh, – where their range is basically so the Cavs have the Nets pick they're at eighth right now yeah so they're one ahead of the Knicks so they could end up if the Cavs move to first dude I'm done like if they get if they got another first pick especially after all this I would would just be so frustrating they might be the number one team I don't want to get the first pick of all of them I think is yours uh Denver there's nothing that I'd like less than Denver somehow. <laughs> using well, their they have, percentage. They have like a, a point a point five percent chance at nabbing the first overall pick, so you should be good. We'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> I'd hate you know I'd hate to see Denver get it, but um I'm just trying to think. Isn't there what's the deal with this Philly Lakers pick? Is isn't there a 
if it if it's top three or so, doesn't then it go to Boston? No. So what happens is if I think if the pick is I'm trying to remember exactly what happens because I know it was yeah, I think if it's top three, it does go to Boston. Actually, I think you're right. And then if it's not, it gets rolled over and it's Sacramento's pick next year. So that the um the Celtics would get Sacramento's pick. So if it falls outside though, Philly gets the Lakers pick this year. It's it's a little confusing, a lot of moving parts. So basically, if the lottery shakes out as it is right now, like if the order just stays as it is, the Sixers would pick 10th and they would get that Lakers pick. Okay. Which I'm fairly certain was part of the Michael Carter-Williams trade. And Philly got that first round pick. And then I think the Lakers, the Celtics and Lakers ended up with it. Like Brandon Knight was in there too. There was a lot going on with this pick. Like it's been, it's been thrown around a little bit. If memory serves, because I think Brandon Knight was, yeah, Brandon Knight was in that trade. That's right. So he got traded to the Suns, and then you had Carter Williams going to the Bucks. There was, yeah. Brandon Knight was one of the few guys that I was 100% right about. Yeah. I thought he was going to stink. Yeah. I mean, he was good for a little bit, though. Like, he didn't always stink. He he showed signs, and and Detroit was very good. Then he went to. And he's he had a pretty good year in Milwaukee. Then he went to uh, the Suns thereafter. I think he had another decent year in uh, Phoenix. And then after that, it was all just injuries, man. Injuries, injuries and, and just rapid downhill. Yeah. I got Colin Sexton and Trey Young on my screen right now. Cassidy Hobart's talking to them. Sexton's hair, man, it's wild. And they all had the same hairdo at Alabama too. Like it was crazy. They they all were rolling with the same kind of hairdo. Why does Wendell Carter look like a forty-year-old dude? He looks old. He looks old. I was watching McDonald's game. He's, and like, he had... he's like Perry Ellis old. <laughs> I don't know if he's that old. That's another level. Perry Ellis looks like he's in freaking retirement home. Like he, he had, but and he also stayed at Kansas forever. So that was the that was the thing. He, he was he, there yeah, forever. He, yeah, he redshirted for at least five or six seasons. Oh my god, at least. Played. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't there this year. I think I remember him playing with Paul Pierce, Andrew Wiggins. Yep. yep. Longest tenured. Yep. Someone points out that Young and Sexton are basically the same height, which I think if you thought off the top, people would probably guess. Like if I said, who's taller, Trey Young or Colin Sexton? I would have said Sexton. Exactly. And you're looking here. I think Young is probably even a little taller because Sexton's hair is so high. It kind of puts him up to another level. But Young, I don't know if he's standing on a different level or anything, but I mean, they're definitely comparable heights and Young might even be a little bit taller, which is interesting. You never know. You never know. He's got the, got the nice suit on. Trey Young rolling without the tie, though. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I I can't see a ties, man. I can't. I, you have, you have to wear one every day, don't you? Yeah, I cannot. But that that wasn't even it. I I just don't see. You look so much stronger in a suit without the tie. The, the you tie, think so? Yeah. yeah oh, not wearing the not, not wearing the tie is a strong move. It's a power move. So you want Trey Young confirmed? Kyle, yeah, I, th- I think. Big Trey Young guy. Is he wearing a maroon suit too? Maroon suit, and he's got a, a necklace on instead of a tie. Yeah, I'm all fucking in on Trey Young now. <laughs> that, 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 that's what put me over the top right there. That's all it takes. Outfits are all that matters, especially to this. Don't what draft are, cupcakes. What are they, um, shout out to David. Fisher. What do they even do with the players at this thing? Because they come out and they interview them, and then they just sit in the background. Like, they can't yeah, actually well, do anything. They're just trying to make this the spectacle that they want it to be, which yeah. I, I get it, but – it is incredibly silly. It true. It really truly is. Because then they're just gonna have to come back for the draft. Right. That's my thing. It's different when you're watching the NFL draft and they're all sitting there in the NBA draft when they're all sitting there and they get to come up, they get to shake the commissioner's hand. What if this? They just sit back. I better give them some food or something. Give them some fucking chicken tenders. I'd be pissed if I got to this and all I got to do was come out and talk to a reporter for a minute about some well, stupid questions. And the thing that killed me too was before this thing even started, when uh, Trey M was like walking, right? you know, they were interviewing him in like the tunnel. They're like, "Well, uh, yeah. you know, what what do you what are you expecting tonight?" And, and like, well, what is he gonna? What would anyone? None of us know what to expect. It's a well, question. The question. When, when they asked them, like, so, uh, what teams would you like to go to? Who would you really like? They're not gonna answer that question. What are you talking about? Listen, these guys, maybe maybe like the seventies and eighties was a little bit different, right? Like. 
you knew who you were going to go to more or less. The system was a little bit different. But it's preposterous now that these guys are trained from the second they leave college, even during college, to not answer questions. They are professional yes. non-answerers. And I understand the shtick that, like, oh, you have to go and give answers for the media and all that. I get it. But it becomes very silly. Like, you know he's not going to answer that question. There's there's no purpose. It's a nonsensical question I ask, and he'll never answer it. They always say the same thing, too. Oh, you know, I just want to go uh, where I'm wanted, where someone wants me. I'd love to be there. So it's very silly. It's almost – like they ask these questions and they the reports have to know they're not going to get an answer to like come on it's ridiculous yeah um guys drop a like in the comments keep commenting keep asking us stuff we're ready yeah this is going to drag out a little bit before they uh i figured they wouldn't start too late but i just wanted to chat with you we'll figure we get some questions in before they start because once they start i want to talk a little bit more about how it finally shakes out and what team when they end up at what spot who they're going to end up liking okay get paul pierce off my television right now this is not what i signed up for i signed up to watch the lob to read i don't sign up to watch paul pierce on my tv i fucking hate paul pierce oh my god i, I can't describe to you that, that patchy ass dude it's a terrible look he's also a terrible analyst like i hate to i hate to do that after he's only been on it for a little bit but he stinks man he stinks he's he stinks not on, on and off ice he's terrible it's just, oh my god! I don't, I don't find any of them to be great, honestly, because I like Jalen a lot, but I think I like him more in like video podcast form because I find him to be more entertaining as a personality than a basketball analyst. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I just, I don't really trust his basketball analysis all that much. But hey, either way, TNT just out here, they just spew nonsense about gas prices and whatever else they can think about. So someone asked, who do you think has a higher ceiling, Frank Nielakina or Alonzo Ball? Oh, Jesus about that? Christ. Uh, uh, I see Alonzo. I, I'm a pretty big Lonzo fan, and I, I think that he will be even better this year. He had a really rough start. He had some great moments. When he came back from injury the first time, he was good, and then – it was it was a bit of a strange year just because with all the injuries oh, that he had. Again. It was yeah, it was tough. His shooting's always going to struggle, but I think he can get there. I think Lonzo. What do you think? I mean, one of us has to be the homer, right? Uh, of course. So make the argument. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Frankie for the, almost the same reasons that one could go Lonzo, um, except I'll have the caveat that uh, Frankie probably is gonna develop into a better jump shooter, and I think that's what's gonna end up setting them apart. I think defensively, they're both very long. They're both um, very athletic in that sense. And yeah. I feel like that's going to help on the defensive end. I think Lonzo's probably a better playmaker. I don't think there's any debate in that right now. Lonzo's got a little bit better with the handles. But um, I'm hoping that Frankie develops a jump shot the way we think he will. And I think we, that, we talk often about how much we like his form. Yeah. And, and that's very – it is very important, his form. And he wasn't necessarily a terrible three-point shooter. He just wasn't a great one this year. So – I think it bodes well for him going forward. Um, hopefully the shooting is what sets him apart, and I think that combination of being able to hit from deep and lock guys down is uh, what gives Frankie the edge. That's a good combo. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Someone asked – let's talk briefly about this real quick before the lottery starts because Cassie Hubbard is talking to Adam Silver right now. Uh-huh. You think there's any chance Woodson comes to New York? Because it said that he isn't going to be in L.A., Starting this season, do you think there's any chance he comes by and comes back to sit on the bench next to Fizdale? Um, I think so. Now that we know the Nick Van Exel thing's probably not going to happen. I, I think funny. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's all he said. Nah, nah. Um, <laughs> not. I think that was rumored at first. I think they're going to allow Fizdale to try to assemble all his like direct guys that were in Memphis um, to give him that chance to pry him away and uh, assemble them there and. When that didn't happen, or it appears as though it won't happen, I think now we'll probably see Woodson. That's sort of my gut feeling. I think had Nick Van Exel come over, um, we already heard about Keith Smart too. And I think had we heard, you know, that, I don't know. I just think now that uh, Nick's out, that I think it's only logical. I think that's the only guy that really has the uh, resume for it that's connected to Fizdale at this point. Playing coy a little bit just to – because it's not official yet. 
Van Axel, do you think he could still be coming and it's just one of those things where it hasn't he, come to fruition he, so he, he doesn't want to ruin it? He could be. And nothing, again, nothing against Woodson. Um, like we've said countless times on the pod, I, I thought he was a very good coach in his time here. But I, I just, if you're going to do the whole culture turnover thing, you got to get as many fresh faces in there as possible. I prefer to just have another one. And if it's with the guy who's going to lead the way on that culture turnaround, I'd prefer it to be, you know, one of his own guys. So, Yep. Yep. So I hear you. I hear you. They're just talking Chauncey's talk right now to the panel. I'm not sure if they're talking oh, about the, the, the teams or the series. I don't know what they could be possibly talking about, but either way. Oh my God. So Kyle's got his big ass dog right now. His bear of a dog. His absolute unit of a dog. An absolute unit. <laughs> So Mason's the one that's usually louder. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really bark. He'll cry sometimes, but yeah. Mason's the one who's usually tearing him up. He's cuter though. All right, they're saying they're revealing the lottery order coming up live next. So the moment we've been waiting for is just minutes away. So how are we feeling? All right, before we get into it, any lottery moments that stick out in your head where you were excited for it? Something happened. Excited for no, but I will tell you for the the Chris Stapps lottery. I remember I was decked out. I was wearing. I had the uh, the Nick shorts. I had this exact jersey on the Ewing jersey. I had my Ewing socks on. Yep. And uh, this is the first year that I decided to incorporate everything. I was drinking out of Nick's cup. I went all out. Everything, everything. And we got fourth. And this was after um, Langston Galloway and Timmy Hardaway Jr. Part one. Won a game late in the year, I believe, against the Hawks. And that ended up uh, making all the difference between us being the first pick and dropping to pick number four. And I was absolutely devastated that we dropped um, to fourth with the second best odds. Um, I was crushed. And um, it ended up netting us Chris Apps Porzingis anyway. So um, it was a lot of highs and a lot of lows. So, and I, I think arguably that's, or not so arguably, that's the uh, second best player out of that draft now. It's probably him in Towns. I don't think that's much of a debate. Yep. Um, but you don't think point. Jaleel? You don't think Jaleel Okafor is up there? You're right. You're right. So behind Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> um, when, he, when the Nets played the Knicks in January and Billy Hernan Gomez absolutely mutilated Jaleel Okafor, I was crying. Killed him. Real tears. Killed him. <laughs> Oh my God. It, uh, what a bust. What a bust. I was also listening. Uh, I think it was a BS podcast and they were talking and Bill was talking about uh, when the Cavs drafted Anthony Bennett and how we've almost forgotten how much of a bust he was because the Cavs have had so much, so many other things happen. Anthony Bennett is unequivocally the worst draft pick of all time. There's not even a question about it. People think bust and they like Kwame Brown. At least Kwame Brown played in the NBA for a bunch of years. Anthony Bennett was salary filler in a trade two years later. It's wild to think about in hindsight. That's a good point. It's, oh my God. That's, that's a good point. But I think lottery moments, the KP one stands out above the rest because it was an unbearable season. So that was always going to be the payoff. And much like we talked about at the beginning, when it comes around to this time, to the lottery, this is what we've been waiting for. For that season, it was basically five months. So when it came out and it was not the results we wanted, it was just crushing. But, you know, everything happens. I can, I'll distinctly remember, I probably said this last year when we did this, but so draft coverage is kind of heating up a little bit. And I'm watching Sports Center with one of my friends at college and we're watching. And all of a sudden they go, uh, so this guy, Kristaps Porzingis, has really started to climb up draft boards. And, my buddy looks at me and he goes, the Knicks are drafting this guy. I know it. And I was like, don't say that. I was like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and then, so when they draft him, I, he calls me or I called him immediately. And I just laughed for like a minute. And I said nothing bad. Cause I had always maintained, I do not want to be the one that's saying, fuck this pick. If I'm, if I really have no idea about it, I did not want to be that guy. And I wasn't that guy. So I was happy about that, that I restrained myself a little bit, but it was just so funny. Cause we were sitting there and like, January or February watching KP like warm up in Spain and he's like, we're going to take this guy. I just know it. And then they drafted him and we just, we laughed on the phone for like a minute. 
But, well, well, you know what's funny is because the unknown, the, the high risk. That's always that's always when it, it's easiest to go. You know, haha, next. Like, yeah. So when, when you see when you see KP, it, it's almost um, it's almost the same way. Like for the Jets, for example, the way I was talking about Josh Allen, I was like, if the Jack, if Josh Allen goes to the Jets, you know, he's of course going to be terrible. And then we're all going to breathe a sigh of relief as he goes somewhere else. <laughs> and then, and then of course, now at that point, because it's the Jets and only the Jets, Josh Allen's going to go be a stud somewhere. So yep. I feel like I feel like that was it, it's always that way with the Knicks, where it's just like, oh, if the Knicks made it, it can't possibly be a good choice. So that was my worry. It wasn't so much the prospect itself as it's the prospect that's risky plus it's the Knicks taking. And you know, thankfully it ended up working out. I tried to stay level-headed the same way you did. But uh, it's not easy to do. It, it's not. I remember I wanted Justice. Win- <laughs> no, no, I'm on record. I wanted Justice Winslow. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I had no idea. This is the only, another reason why I was fine with the pick at the time. I had no idea who else the Knicks would take. I had no idea because it was like the Justice Winslow was kind of like the fourth guy, but he wasn't. And then there was Moody A, who we know how he's ended up to this point. They just showed Scott Perry. Let's go. They also showed uh, I'm the that Frank Kaminsky was after that, like. It wasn't – there were some weird picks after that. So I was fine with the pick, too, because I didn't love anyone at four. Just It's how, it's how it played out, but it, it certainly worked in our favor. So they're going through all of the teams right now. They're showing Nick Gilbert when they won the 2011 draft lottery. You know, All right, people talk a lot about how the Knicks don't have good karma because James Dolan is their owner. Dan Gilbert's a pretty bad owner, too, all right? He's a, like, he's a terrible owner who just yeah, so, like, happened, so happened to get LeBron James. But it, they got multiple first overall picks, and people talk about the, the karma that happened, like who's owed, who the basketball gods are going to pick. Dan Gilbert does not deserve jack shit, and he's gotten way more than he deserves. Dolan doesn't deserve much either, but he has not gotten anything that he didn't deserve. Kind of crazy when you think about it like that. There's a lot of bad owners. That's what I've come to realize. Like even in uh, Phoenix, like Starver, Starver stinks. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, we had the Donald Sterling thing forever with the Clippers. The Celtics owner is, is really good. You, you, the owners you hear the least about are usually the best ones. Yes, because they just keep their mouths shut and they Correct. do what they're good at, which and is they trust their profit. personnel. Yes, yeah. make money, trust their personnel. They leave the same guys in these positions. That's why we hope we've said so much that we just hope the Knicks personnel just give give it a chance. If it doesn't work, that's fine. You made a mistake. At least you can say that the logic of it was correct and that you made the smart decision in, in an organizational setting. That's why you need to give Fizdale the chance. You need to give Perry and Mills the chance. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to, but they're they're going about these things in the general right way. I'm curious. Let me ask you this because this was brought up recently on a pod I was listening to also. If you could switch places, if you're the Knicks, what team would you not want to switch places with in terms of like their situation, um, ownership, like their cap? So the Nets are are one. I think the Hornets are another one. Like I wouldn't want to be the Hornets. They're, I don't even – the Magic. Like I wouldn't want to be the Magic. I think there's like a handful, like five or six teams that are in worse shape than the Knicks. And if the Knicks didn't have Porzingis, they would – they might be in the worst shape of any team. Yeah, no, I honestly. Um, Someone said the Hawks. The Hawks aren't bad, but like the Hawks have, they have picks. So, you know, the Pistons. Oh, that's a good one. The Pistons. I would not want to be the Pistons. They might be bottom of the barrel with that. I think, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I was going to say, honestly, if I had to pick many of these, um, it'd probably be Detroit. Yeah. I, I really just, man, would I just not enjoy any part of being. Yeah, I, but but that's from like top to bottom. Just like I wouldn't want to be in Detroit to begin with. Like be like that's that's where we start. That's yeah, like a, it's like a tire fire of a city. Sorry to anybody that's in Detroit, but yep. so so we start there. Uh, you, you're just capped out on, on Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, who's very talented, supremely talented, but often injured. And then uh, you have like I don't know. There's no hope. There's really no hope there. You know you're going to be a perpetual nine to ten seed. It's, it's not good. There's not a lot going. Man, they show they just show Michael Finley. Looks good. 
I liked watching him a ton. When I was young. He was really good when I was super young, like five or six. Had a good career. Yeah, he did. All right, they're coming around to the number one. They just showed Josh Jackson, who's there for the Suns. These shows are entirely too long. Oh, my God. It's preposterous. We started recording like 50 minutes ago. We hopped on here. And it's it's 8.10, and they're just now getting going. Again, I figured it would get to this long, but I had no problem hopping on and having a chat with some people. Just seeing what's uh, what's up and what's on our minds. Oh, absolutely. This is just preposterously long. It's I didn't really think about it until just now. Like This is un- – Believable, but that's how these things always go. It's the drafts are way too long. Everything they they extend them out as long as they can to get the advertising money to keep people in to get people to watch the next NBA game that's on. You know, it's all right. We're about to get going. So just to reiterate, do you want to read the picks as you see them, or would you like me to do it? Um, no, I'll I'll do it. But you got to be. You gotta give me zero facial reaction. You have I to promise be I won't. I the, promise. The, the pokerist of poker faces. Listen, I'm a big poker guy. All right, I can promise you, I I will have no reaction to whatever. I forgot, I, no, the only reason I say this is last year. I remember we did the live show, and I think it was you and Anthony simultaneously. I was uh, you guys were both watching on actual TV, and I was again watching on a stream. Yeah. And at the same exact time, you guys were just like, "Fuck no!" And then it was like. <laughs> And then I was like, what? What happened? What happened? And then I was asking for like two seconds, and then all of a sudden it comes up. It's like the Knicks have dropped back a spot, Dave. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Dude. I promise nothing. You, you have my word. <laughs> Someone just only, said fake only- you out every pick. <laughs> Someone said fake you out every pick, so I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> I like that. I like that guy's thinking right there. I love just, that. All I ask, all I ask is that you ruin it for me if they go to 12. If you just, just – there's a less than 0.1% chance that happens. If that happens, it would mean that every team, like there'd have to be three teams below them that moved up. (laughs) So you'd have to have like Denver, Charlotte and Philly with the, or like um, Detroit or going to the Clippers, like with the top three picks, that's how that would happen. I I just ran the tankathon simulator. Uh, my first try, they jumped up to second. Okay. So, so first pick went to Orlando. Second okay. pick went to uh, the Knicks. Third went to Dallas, so they didn't move. Phoenix got the fourth pick again. Dude, Phoenix is really nervous they're going to get the fourth pick. They're freaking out. They only get the fourth pick. That's yeah. it. Like, it's their pick. They they own it. They've cornered the market on the fourth pick. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Phoenix, then Memphis at five, which – Oh, that's that's gross for both that's those fan bases. For them, yeah. Uh, Atlanta dropped to six. Chicago, Sacramento, Brooklyn, and then Philly. All right, I'll run it one more time before. Oh yeah, see, the Clippers went to one in mine. The Knicks went down to ten. So we got both sides of the spectrum here. I'd Never actually did. be really happy if the Clippers won. I'm trying to think of a, a, a scenario that I'd be happy with the team getting first. I'd be cool with that. I'd be really good with the Clippers getting it. I'd be pretty good with. Um, like Sacramento making a move. Yep. What about Memphis? I'd like to see Memphis get it just because I really, really like those, uh, as probably a lot of people did, the grit and grind Grizzlies. I really like the identity that they had, the franchise that they became. Right. Um, so I think getting, you know, the top pick, getting a guy like Luca and adding him to, you know, the twilight of Marcus All's career as he's sort of on his da- uh, decline now. Yep. I think that might be a fun transition for a young player who's talented like that. So if they go that route, they could always go, you know, eight. And if they see fit, of course, but mm-hmm. I'd be happy for Memphis. Um, I, I just don't want Chicago to get the top pick. Yeah, that wouldn't be. Cool. I wouldn't enjoy that very much. What about, um, what about Dallas? Yeah. Uh, may, maybe I don't want them to get it just because the Dennis Smith Jr. rivalry that is developed thanks to you. Oh, um, I'm the lead proponent. So stinks. All right, we're getting started. Mark Tatum with that smiley face of his is starting to read off the name. So I will not say any. I will let you do all of them, Mr. Maggio. So I will. So yeah, I'm, still on, I'm still on the old man holding the doll. Oh wow, geez, you're a little behind. All right, well that's all right. We'll get the we'll get the reaction. So yep, just watching, biding my time until Kyle can uh, 
Okay. Uh, I see. I see the. the <laughs> see, I got the, the the big boards up now to show me the percentages of everybody. How far we're getting there? Am I like a full minute behind you? What is oh, this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. Oh Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> That's fine. See, I had two apps. I had an Xfinity app to use, and I had a Sling app to use. And then I was like, well, Sling was the one I used last year that got me, so I'm going to go Xfinity this year. And it makes yep. no difference. It's all the same uh, delay, apparently. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the streaming, that's my only qualm about streaming is because you get the delay. Like, that's the only reason why I haven't uh, switched over to that officially yet. Oh, well, so I'm just going to minimize these uh, screens here so that I cannot see. All right, so the Nuggets got 14th. That's, that's okay. big. Uh, Nuggets at 14th. I'm not, just to minimize this, I'm not even looking in your direction on the screen. Ah, oh, Clippers okay. got 13th. All right, so this is exactly how we thought it was going to play out so far. Yep. Uh, 12, 12, just not the Knicks. Not the Knicks. Not this. Right, you're not good. You're good. See, wait off your chest okay. there, buddy. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, can we clear 11 and 10? Why did they know, can we? Okay, so Charlotte. Why did they even have Luke Kennard come? Why is anyone I, it's so funny? It's, it's hysterical because they're not. I think they had a chance. If they moved up, they were getting that pick. That's why he comes because it's top three protected. I would have so asked to sit in the back. So if Detroit moved up, they'd get, they'd keep their pick, and I think it'd be rolled over to next season. Sixers got ten. So okay, is this so the, the Knicks didn't move down. That's all. So they're, they didn't move down. So the Knicks are. If they aren't the next card, they moved into the top three. So it's going to go to commercial now. Of course it is. Of course. So how are we feeling out there, guys? I, I see some comments. I see pray, get out, commercial on the Knicks. <laughs> get out. I see, a, I see a don't jinx it. <laughs> I, I keep seeing one guy keeps commenting 33. Yes, we need all that. All of that. Keep the 33s up. Kyle's got the jersey on and everything. All right. So, like, I think there's something to be said. At least they're not moving down. So if they're at nine, we're not – we're not disappointed. This is what we expected going in. So now we are in a place where we can't be disappointed. We could be a little let down because we always have high hopes for these kind of things, but it could be, it could be worse. So we have, everything went as order so far. So we have, and we're picking 14th. The Clippers have the 13th pick and hold on. Let me see. Let me, I got to get back to my, I was on my, simulation i did so the clippers have the 12th and 13th picks the hornets have the 11th pick and the sixers have the 10th pick so as i mentioned before this should be the knicks card if it's not the knicks card they moved into the top three so that's what it's going to come down to this is the moment say your prayers get in your last good luck charms before this you know actually no this commercial is probably going to go about five minutes so you got time Oh, you got me you're scared. I thought, I thought they were back already. I was like, oh, no, oh. no, no, you're good. It's still I was like, I'm, still watching, I'm still watching this fucking Formula One racing <laughs> commercial on. I thought it was no, You're good, man. You're good. Just. I'm, gonna, I'm, guys, glad, I'm glad they didn't move down. Yeah, because uh, especially after last year, which I, we were ended up fine with it. And especially I was fine with it because I was most worried about the Knicks taking Markinen, who, of course, ended up being pretty good. So it, it wasn't nearly as bad as uh, as bad as I, it could have been. But it felt like there was almost a consensus top seven last year. And then when the Knicks moved to eight, it was just frustrating. And that kind of sucked. But it was mostly just frustrating. That's all yeah. it was. Yeah. Even though, and now it ended up okay. And I was fine with the Frank pick at the time. I was totally fine with it. No, I remember I was on a, uh, I was on my little leave from the site for a couple of weeks. And I remember texting a couple of you guys on the side. And my whole thing the whole time was, I did not care what happened in the draft so long as a point guard was taken. That was yep. it. Because when you get to this part with the draft, and we talk about this a lot where I like to, you know, joke around with you because you're the draft at, uh, analyst here. And I'm always just like, well, none of us ever know anything when it mm -hmm. comes. Like we, we can talk ourselves in, we make our best case. And then that guy might stink or that guy might be, you know, incredible mm -hmm. despite what we may think. So that, that's sort of where I just feel it's like, look, you needed a point guard. You needed a guard. You took yep. a guard. And if that's the one that you thought was the best one available, then so be it. And hope for the best now. Develop them. Do what you got to do. 
And the frustrating thing after was people kept talking about how it was like a Jackson pick. But, dude, it, it ended up working out all right. Well, so the last Jackson pick – well, this is the thing is if it's a Jackson pick, then, you know, we get mad about it for – well that was a Clarence Gaines pick right you know what I mean yep so that's why we can't have it both ways guys it's it's the same team picking yep all right so the Knicks the Knicks got ninth all right they get Knicks got ninth yeah I was waiting for it (laughs) so the Knicks are picking ninth after that we have uh this is all JB's fault yeah (laughs) all JB blame Knicks film school so Knicks have ninth. so let's go through the order from four to nine just talk about it so the Grizzlies have fourth, which kind of sucks for them because after their terrible season, you know, they, they started a little better. Let me go back on my TV for a second here. All right, so the Grizzlies are fourth, Dallas fifth, Orlando sixth, Chicago seventh, and Cleveland eighth. So the Kings hopped into the top three. So the Kings have a chance to get that top pick there, which they, they kind of deserve some good lottery luck, I think. What do you think? I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'd really like to see the Kings get the top pick. Um, you know, I tweeted something out before, and I was just trying to be funny. And uh, I know Bailey liked the tweet a lot, but I said something. I said something about the Clippers um, before, where someone was just like, "Oh, I like how in that one scenario I tweeted where the Knicks got a top pick that the Clippers we dragged the Clippers with us." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Well, we're gonna you know bring up anybody who's you know covered in the ashes of broken dreams or something like that." And I feel that way about the Kings too. Like I always feel like they were the Knicks West. So I'd like, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's not funny when the same two teams are always the butt of every joke. It's always like, well, it's the Kings. Well, it's the Knicks. It's like, God, like if, if not us, then you guys, then please Sacramento make it out. That, that's all I'd like to see. You know, there's you a, can't always be the brotherhood. same. It's a brotherhood. Cause I think the Knicks and Kings are both at the butt of just so many jokes. Well, that's how we were with the Warriors, too, for a while. Before. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. The that Warriors were the same way. They, they were, like, they always had these big contracts and these guards who never really amounted to what they needed to be. And, you know, they were always kind of in mediocrity. And, you know, they finally got out of it, and now they're one of the greatest teams of all time. But, yep. you know, Sacramento kind of took the reins there. So I'd like to see them climb out. So yep. Someone's got to. We're going to watch the top three be revealed, and then I'm going to give just some thoughts on who I think these guys are going to take. And if you want to we'll, – we'll just go through a little bit the draft, and then we'll get out of here. I think I see in the comments, too, people seem to be all right with the Kings. You know, I, I think it's hard to be upset. It, like I said, the Grizzlies, that stinks because that's basically what the Knicks were. I, it, it might be – I don't know if it's it's the worst season the Grizzlies have had in a very long time, like since maybe even Powell was there, maybe even before. It was quite so, bad. Yeah. I see a lot of Mikhail. I see some people worried he might be gone at nine. I share those worries. I think the more that pe- uh, people start to look at him, they're going to see that he's the type of guy that the NBA needs now. And it makes me a little worried. I'll tell you one thing. I don't think there's any chance that Cleveland Cavaliers take Mikhail Bridges. I'll say that right now. And I feel pretty confident in that because I think they're going mean, to want to go for imagine- a higher guy. I was going to say, I feel like they're probably going to be the ones who take the gamble on, like, Trey Young. Yeah. It's always – the Trey Young to Cleveland thing always kind of made sense. And, I mean, I could see it happening now. I think the Bulls will kind of like Mikael Bridges. I think that's a possibility. It seems like that's where some people are saying uh, he might go. So, we'll see. I don't know. I'm fine with it. It's – again, we didn't drop. It's always disappointing when you have high hopes for the whole day. And, you know, we've had high hopes for a while. But – at the end of the day, it's going to be fun to take a look at all these prospects. I think there's a lot of guys we can get at number nine that we can be excited about. And I'm excited to dive in. I think I'm going to put my first video out next week. So that's cool. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, 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 was, I, did, a, I did a piece on Michael Porter Jr. today uh, just about kind of what to expect from him. And I'm expecting to do much more deep dive into these other guys. I'm trying to figure out who to start with, too. I, I've kind of dabbled with it. I think I might start with miles bridges i think he was the guy i wanted to start with okay. if you guys have a take let me know in the comments if you want to start i I'm, i was going to do both bridges colin sexton and trey young to start so if you guys want to see one of those first just let me know let me know on twitter let me know in the comments right now totally up to you so uh, you want me to just tell you when they reveal it now kyle or would you like to be surprised oh, no. oh no you can just tell me that okay so the hawks are picking third so the kings still have a chance 
So the Kings are getting Nate or Doncic. The Kings have the second pick. I hope they get. Oh man, I hope. Ooh, ooh, man. Who do you think that? Uh... So the, here's oh. here's what I'll say. A lot of people are going to say this in the comments too. The Suns hired Doncic's international coach. He's their head coach now. So people are going to say that he is basically hellbound for Phoenix because of that. So his name, let's try to read it. Igor Koskov. I think that's how you say it. He's I their coach. He coached, he, <laughs> he coached the team. Uh, so I, I wonder, that connection's always going to be there. But at the same time, I think they like... I think they'd like a guy like Aiton. I do. So if I if I had to put money on it, I put Doncic going to uh, going to Phoenix, and then the Kings taking Aiton, which makes well, what, me nervous. Well, like, what if uh, the Kings pick? I guess the question is, what if the Kings pick first? No, the Kings don't pick first. The Kings are picking second, and the Suns oh, they, are picking oh, okay. first. Sorry if I didn't make that clear. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way the the Suns will take him. So here's how I see this playing out. So we have the Suns, Doncic and Aiton are going one and two. There's no doubt in my mind. The Hawks, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. makes some sense for them, or Bagley. I think they'd go in either one of those directions. Okay. We'd see, I think Michael Porter Jr. will certainly go in that kind of range too. I think that um, when you're looking at the order again, let me just pull it up on my television here. I think the the Mavs might go for Michael Porter Jr. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. Maybe the Grizzlies. So let's go. So Suns, Doncic, Kings, Aiton, Hawks, Jaron Jackson, Grizzlies, Bagley. Maybe the Mavs. I don't know, but then I'm trying to think because I don't know if the the Magic would want to go Bamba. That's the question. I wonder what one of these teams would like Bamba. When it comes down to it, we're going to have – I'd say that Porter Jr. will be gone. I think Trey Young might be gone because I think the Cavs, it just makes a lot of sense narratively. So we're going to be looking at both bridges for sure. I don't know if there are any big uh, Kevin Knox fans out there. He'll certainly be around. I think he's, his stock has been falling. I'd be worried about Mikhail Bridges going to the Bulls. I wouldn't be worried about any other team. So if you're a Mikhail Bridges fan, I think that's the team we're looking at. Um. Yeah, this is where we exactly where we thought we'd be, and here we are. And then the fun starts because we can actually start to hear some rumors, see who we like, and just do deeper dives, and that's what makes it awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, all right, now I was just any, trying to. Any final comments before we get out of here? I just really want Mikael Bridges. I think that's where I think I had my mind made up a while ago. Um, when we kind of assume they'd be in this spot now that we know that, you know, for sure they are in that spot. Um, going back to our conversation before, I think he's probably going to be best player available and um, position-wise, he, he's going to be a, a fit for what we need. So Agreed. Yeah, I, I've sort of, I don't know. I think that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. I'm hoping for the best there. I'm on the same page and you never know crazy stuff happens on draft night. Guys could fall. We could get a guy that we didn't think would be in that range, but Hey, let's keep it going guys. Thanks for following along. Thanks for commenting for Kyle. I'm Matt guys. We'll see you later. Take it easy guys.